Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. Nearly 9 in 10 consumers snack daily, but according to new research from Mondelez International, what they reach for and when has evolved significantly during the pandemic, requiring brands to rethink their product offerings marketing strategies, and channel distribution. Quickly becoming an industry benchmark, Mondelez International's recently released third annual State of Snacking report analyzed thousands of consumer surveys from across 12 countries to find 79% of people globally define snack more broadly now than pre-pandemic to include more different types of food, eating occasion, and other elements. This is even higher in the U.S., where 84% of consumers said that their snacking palettes have evolved. Where consumers discover and purchase snacks is also expanding, according to the report, which found 55% of consumers report being inspired by social media to try a new snack in 2021, up 5% from the previous year. Likewise, 74% expect to buy snacks anywhere they want, and 80% expect to be able to buy them whenever they want, elevating the importance of an omni-channel marketing and distribution strategy. As important as taste and convenience are for today's consumers, they aren't the only factors they consider when selecting what to eat or where to shop. Mondelez also found consumers increasingly are looking for products and companies that align with their values. So to better understand what's behind these shifts, how they're influencing purchasing, and how snack makers and retailers should respond strategically, Nick Graham, Global Head of Insights and Analytics at Mondelez International, joins this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. Even before the pandemic, snacking was on the rise to fuel our on-the-go lifestyles. And while lockdowns may have paused the go part of many people's lives, it didn't eliminate the daily hustle and bustle. Rather, it simply shifted it, along with the need for fast options that could be squeezed instead in between video meetings and childcare duties, or used to carve out a moment of rest or to socially connect with others. At the end of the day, we've also seen this expansion of snacking occasions as uh, I guess people not going out as much and so with these sort of nights in and wanting to make these evenings at home more special, more enjoyable, maybe sort of small uh, gatherings of people rather than sort of going out in, in bigger groups and so using snacking for these different moments. I think obviously snacking's always played a role in some way, shape or form in terms of social connection. So whether it's uh, uh, yeah, both on the biscuits, bakery and the... Um, and the chocolate side, obviously, uh, uh, sharing and, and gifting has always been a component of that. But I think one one distinct trend we've seen over the last two years has been this uh, this shift towards first of all more in-home socialising, small-scale in-home socialising, more nights in. And one really interesting thing is this whole expansion of sort of more informal gifting. So I think we're all familiar with the big sort of formal formal gifts to to people. Um, but it was interesting some work even we were doing the other day really reinforced that uh, in the world of chocolate, which is this, this whole expansion of the opportunity for these small, thoughtful um, things that you can 
you can give to people if they come around for an evening in front of Netflix or whatever it is. Um, things that feel familiar and nostalgic, but also just a little special and unusual as well. So I think this whole sort of expansion of the informal sharing, gifting, where it feels thoughtful, but again, somewhat familiar. So I think, you know, I think a great example of this is things like Oreo Cakesters, which we've just uh, uh, relaunched or launched in, in the U.S., or some of the um, flavor innovations that Cadbury Dairy Milk is doing in the U.K. around hot cross bun flavors for Easter. So these, these things that feel very familiar and uh, um, you know, people will, will have a, some nostalgic memories of them in some cases, but just feel a little bit more unique, and it's not just the, the usual flavor or the usual format that they would turn to. So I think this is a really rich space we see, and we see it also in our social listening um, work as well. There's a really interesting development around, a really interesting expansion of interest in things like um, nostalgic food, um, sort of dessert flavors, but things that sort of just feel a little bit special, a little bit unusual, but still in somewhat familiar territory. And that feels like a really rich space for, for this whole uh, informal evening, gifting, evening sharing. According to Mondelez's State of Snacking report, younger consumers are more likely to replace meals with snacks, including 75% of Gen Zers and 69% of Millennials, compared to 62% of all people globally. Another new snacking occasion to emerge during the pandemic is the evening, either as a way to mark the end of another work-from-home day or as a treat to share with others as a gift. This, this is one area where I think from the State of Snacking report and our, our other um, consumer closeness work is we've not seen, seen radical changes in how um, snacking plays across the different generations at the time. Sort of similar structures in the way that, uh, that the needs and occasions that, uh, that people look to, uh, to snacking to, uh, to satisfy. So we, we've, we've seen that, um, and you see this in the report as well, with Gen Z, a lot of it's driven by boredom, discovery, um, looking for a little bit of novelty and variety. And so, yeah, the, the examples of the flavors I gave on um, on Cadbury in the UK, the sort of banoffee brownie flavors is a, is a good example of trying to um, uh, satisfy that need. Forget something that's familiar, but just a little bit more interesting and, and unusual. One of the interesting shifts we have seen is with millennials, and I think this is very much life stage driven, as indeed I think a lot of these um, shifting needs are. There are a lot of it. Some of it is generational, some of it is just purely people moving to a different life stage. With millennials, what we've seen is this much bigger focus on positive nutrition. I think a lot of it driven by the fact that you know a large majority now of millennials are parents, and so their their frame of reference has changed. What they think about in terms of what they're looking for from food and snacking has has shifted, and so you know. Even I remember back when we were studying millennials 15, 20 years ago, we could always see that health and wellness and nutrition was an important aspect. Uh, but we've really seen it start to come to the fore, I think, a little bit more in the last few years. But I think it's less to do with COVID, more of, again, about life stage. And then with Gen X and Boomers, one thing that, again, is quite consistent is it's very much this balancing act of comfort and portion control. So, um, and then I can speak to this, I guess, as a Gen Xer, which is, you know, that challenge of you, you want something that's a little bit indulgent, a little bit enjoyable, um, maybe a little bit nostalgic, but at the same time, you know, as you get to a certain age, you start to worry about 
weights and think about portion control and uh, and managing your diet in the right way and getting it in, in a balance. So I think these sort of structures are sort of discovery and boredom a little bit earlier in life. Nutrition as you have kids, have young kids, you know, thinking about positive nutrition and what you're putting into their bodies. And then this balance of comfort, pleasure, and, uh, and portion control um, and weight management later in life does feel like it's sort of it's fairly consistent we've seen over the last few years. The extent to which consumers adopt these new snacking occasions and how they choose to fill them also depends on their life stage, according to Mondelez's research. There's definitely a generational or life stage divide um, in terms of how people think about that balance, right? And it is about balance for all of us, ultimately. I mean, we're talking about food and snacking. So first and foremost, it does have to be enjoyable. Um, but there's definitely also a day part divide. Um, really, with midday is the sort of uh, dividing line between those two worlds. So very much in the morning, we see that uh, that it's, it's much more focused on nourishment and sustenance. So you see when, when you look at what's attributes people are looking for, very much a focus on vitamins, antioxidants, protein, supporting immunity, gut health, etc. This is really this space of positive nutrition. Um, so how do we start how do you start the day off well? How are you getting the right nutrition and fiber and all of those things into your body? And then as the day goes on and as our as as our needs shift over the day, you really just see this kind of much more focus on indulgence and reward and enjoyment and, and exploration um, later on uh, in the day as well. Um, the That morning sustenance space is, is a really interesting one, and I think it's one that continues then to fuel our innovation pipeline. You know, for brands like Belvita as well, again, we have to remember it's still got to be about enjoyment, but how um, creating positive, proactive, uh, positive, bring positive nutrition benefits, like protein, for example, um, can be a really, uh, a really sought after attribute, particularly in those, those morning occasions. And where it's, it's not just about, you know, to the conversation we we're having earlier, it's not just about convenience and hunger fill, but can this, can this snack do a bit more for me? I think that's the real push for, for, for morning snacking occasions is, what, what additional things can I get from this? That exactly to your point can means that I sort of start the day in the right frame of mind with the right uh, with the right attributes. Um, and then I think in the in the evening, one of the interesting things is, particularly you know, we talked about for Gen X and and Boomers who well, there's this sort of balancing act between comfort and indulgence and portion control is how do you create a feeling of enjoyment and this sort of emotional mental well being without it just being about pure indulgence. I mean, a little bit of indulgence is okay, but how do you create multi-textural, multi-flavor, but still in small bite-sized pieces so people can you know, um, measure how much that, or can moderate how much that they're consuming so it doesn't feel like this is overindulgence. It really is about sort of a bit more thoughtful, mindful indulgence in those evening, in those evening occasions. So I think getting, getting the right balance right and, and understanding in the morning and the evening not just what, at a high level, what people are looking for, but as we overlay the trends work that we have as well, it's understanding exactly what attributes, ingredients, experiences people are looking for in those moments and how those are changing over time. As consumers' definition and adoption of snacking expands, Graham says that they are striking a balance between sustenance and indulgence, 
with dividing lines falling in the middle of the day and between generations. We definitely see with、um, older generations. I count myself as an older generation these days, but older generations.、Um, there's a little bit more focus still on less sugar, less fat, right? And some of that's driven by、um, you know focus on weight management or whatever it might be.、Um, but even within those groups, and particularly then with、um, Gen Zs and Millennials, we do see this being this very tangible shift from. Free from less of to more positive sort of holistic nutrition. So it, it could be organic and, and natural, or、um, also the as you say the search for fortified or just a little bit more goodness in it. So particularly we see、um, a lot of focus on vitamin content. Fiber is a really big one, and big one we've seen trending in our in our social listening as well. Um, protein again. So these these key attributes that people are looking for to it's not just make them feel better, but actually make them feel that they're doing good. And I think it always kind of goes hand in hand with this. If I'm going to indulge, I might do it in a smaller way, might I do it in a more portion controlled way, but I want to really enjoy that moment. And then when I'm going to snack for more nourishment, then I want it to be more than just. Less sugar, but more truly sort of positively good. With more snacking occasions to fill and a desire for more variety, consumers are looking for options in more places, including online, which Mondelez found not only offers safety and convenience, but also a new path for discovery and personalization. This, as we think about, as we look at all the trends that、uh, have changed over the. Or the accelerated, I should say, over the last couple of years, it's clear that you know there's, there's there are a few that will be truly sticky, and I think one of them that that is clearly now here to stay is the, the huge acceleration in in online、um, shopping in digital commerce.、Um, so I think it was I think the last figures we had from the very end of last year was something like yeah, sixty seven percent of US shoppers、uh, have used online、um, for grocery shopping. That's、uh, That's not only up significantly, obviously from 2020 and 2019, but even up from the first half of last year. So、uh, it's a trend that's that's not going not going away. So, and I think there's a lot of different reasons for driving it. I think obviously in the early days of the pandemic, safety was、uh, was a primary concern. Right, so people were going because、uh, they didn't want to go to the store.、Um, but clearly, I think as we've、uh, looked at the reasons why people are repeat purchasing. Convenience is a big part of it. So、uh, the ability to have it all shipped to home, particularly bulky things. You know, if you live in a in an urban area, for example, the the, the convenience of having it all shipped to home is、uh, is an incredible、um, benefit.、Um, I think people, you know, have found it a very a relatively seamless、uh, experience. The one thing, though, I think that that's emerged through our conversations with、um, shoppers in digital commerce. One thing that I wasn't quite expecting, so it was interesting when it really, really kind of stood out. Was also using digital commerce as a as a place for variety and discovery,、um, and so going to digital commerce because they could find things that they couldn't find in their regular store, or because you know they were like, oh, I wonder if there's a new version of something instead of having to go to the store, I can go and look at it online. And we see that now that、uh, I do think that. That's changing shoppers' views of 
the role of digital commerce, but also I think creating this this expectation for variety in these little moments of discovery when they shop now. The people will find different ways to talk about both in store and uh, and online. So online is not the only mechanism to do that, but there's definitely again a convenient way that I can discover and get uh, and get variety online. And I think particularly for us, as we think about one way to help satisfy that and help answer that is through some of the uh, direct consumer websites like Oreo ID or some of our Cadbury gifting websites in the UK and India, where we can. We can give consumers the opportunity to personalize things, to discover things that they can't find in their regular store, um, for you know those special personalized or unique gifts or gift sets that, again, they wouldn't be able to get in store. So I think this whole, this whole area of variety, discovery, personalization, um, I think is a, is a ripe opportunity, um, both for us and obviously for our, our retail partners as well, to really explore. In the rush to explore digital marketing and sales, manufacturers and retails shouldn't forgo old-fashioned advertising tactics, like direct mail and television, which Mondelez's survey found gained relevance in the past year over 2020. For example, 27% of consumers used direct mail to discover new snacks in 2021, an increase from 22% the year before, and just under the 31% who cites social media as a source for discovery last year. Advertising, whether it's TV or digital, that there's still a, clearly a role for that. I think, obviously, people being spending more time at home and spending more time on their digital devices also probably, probably drives some of, uh, some of that shifted behavior as well. But even, you know, I was struck at the, you know, the number of people who, or the increase in, in people saying that they were getting snack recommendations from friends or while browsing or you know, through uh, through social media as well. So to me, I think to, all of this spoke to the fact that people are actively looking at uh, lots of different avenues and lots of different channels to find uh, new new varieties, new discoveries um, when it comes to snacking, which I think kind of goes back to a lot of what we talked about before, which is snacking being a sort of safe way to discover, right, and to explore and discover and provide a bit of variety and novelty, um, all, within a, all within a world that feels relatively familiar and relatively safe for people. Regardless of the avenue for reaching consumers, Graham recommends snack manufacturers focus messaging on the joy of their products and to personalize messages as much as possible to help cut through the advertising clutter. While we have just scratched the surface of the detailed insights revealed in Mondelez's State of Snacking report, I'm afraid that's all we have time for today. But I encourage you to check out the full report as well as the previous two at MondelezInternational.com backslash State of Snacking. And with that, we've come to the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and will join me again next week for another installment. And to help you remember, I encourage you to subscribe to us. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive, profitable, and safe week.